Welcome to Audio Branding, the hidden gem of marketing. I'm your host, Jody Krangle, and this podcast will discuss just how sound influences our behavior. I generally talk about this in the context of advertising and marketing, but there are other places this is important too. I really feel that it plays a much more important role in our lives than maybe we realize. So let's delve a little deeper. Here's the first part of my interview with Joshua Rogers. My guest today is a life and executive coach, speaker, and podcast host. He is someone who values interpersonal relationships, and his passion lies in helping others become their best selves. As a personal and executive coach, he uses his analytical skills and creativity to help others overcome their challenges. He has a love for the hip-hop culture, and realizing the lessons and mindset insights that the culture has to offer, he founded Hip Hop Culture Coaching, where the world of coaching and the world of hip hop meet each other. Hip Hop Culture Coaching provides youth empowerment workshops and team building sessions where the goal is better communication with others, but also with yourself in order to maximize results. The best way to find him is on his website at hiphopculturecoaching.com. Welcome, Joshua Rogers. Thank you for having me. So I am utterly fascinated by how this all works together, how the music and the coaching come together. What's your background? What got you interested in hip-hop music in the first place? Uh, in my teens, and that's approximately, let's say, 1990, 1993, in the 90s, let's say, mm -hmm. I, um, yeah, I stumbled upon hip-hop. I grew up in the Caribbean, and that's really, it's uh, soca and reggae and dancehall was is still really big over there. Mm -hmm. And this popped out as a different sound. And from there, yeah, I really got into uh, the music and the culture. And I started rapping myself. Mm -hmm. And I did that performing up until, let's say, I was about 23. And that's how, I, th that's how, that's, that's how it all started. So what is it about hip-hop that really drew you? The sound uh, drew me. I like... Uh, I, I, it was a different sound than I was accustomed to. Mm -hmm. So that would really drew me. And um, the visuals also, it's uh, the visuals really pulled me in, but also the stories and the, ev everything around it. It's, um, at that time, it was, let's say, really out there. It was uh, one of the most rebellious music sounds. Well, I was in my teens, so that's already uh, in, a, you're in a rebellious age. Mm -hmm, sure. So that's... Uh, Let's say one plus one is two. <laughs> yeah. That, that's how I got it. That's, that's what drew me the most. So the, let's say uh, I'm going to call it the characters yeah, and the, the different sounds behind it. So you had um, hip-hop mixes, a lot of different sounds. They take samples and all of that really drew me in. So mm -hmm. you, you, hear, you can hear different, sonically different sounds behind of it. So how do you use that in your coaching now? Um, is it like a philosophy, a mindset, or is there something more than that? Um, I take the philosophy, mm -hmm. I take the mindset, but I also use, let's say, the, the sounds behind it as, as a means. So, for example, the, the hip-hop culture, it's not only the rapping, it's also DJing, it's also graffiti, it's also breaking, so dancing. And for example, a DJ, his evening, if he has a good playlist, he works with moods. So let's say if you, if you go out to the club, it starts off really, let's say, mellow. 
and then you go up to the peak of the evening and then it's it's high full energy and then later on it has to calm everyone has to go home calm so it calms back down sure so the idea behind of that i also use that in coaching give people tips on how they can use something like that for themselves and then it goes beyond hip-hop so it's all the music types if you if you like to listen to rock then you can also use that for now that's really high energy when you need that high energy boost and if you listen to for example mm -hmm. a smooth jazz and that's a nice way to either calm down so maybe end your day or depends how it's going in the office maybe you have a stressful day and that can also help you lower your stress so you use it for um like stress relief and um just different mindsets and the music you're saying yeah just sort of puts people in a different state of mind yes so it helps them get in a, in a different state of mind uh-huh okay well that's definitely useful and i'm sure that we're all influenced by the music around us <laughs> yeah maybe you don't maybe you don't even realize it if someone would ask you oh, what's what song do you listen to when you're feeling down then you maybe easily be, ah, no, I listen to this. Mm -hmm. And what sound do you listen to when, when you're feeling happy? Most likely, those two sounds are maybe totally different. And if you, if you already realize that, for example, if you're, you get up in the morning and you're feeling sad, you can start with that feeling and then slowly build a playlist towards the mood where you want to go to. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. So I guess that's kind of the same thing that a DJ does. You're just doing it for yourself. <laughs> exactly. That's the that, that's what it is. Simply, you can do it for yourself. And then you can, for example, you get up in the morning, you're like, oh, I don't want to go to work. Mm. You can, on your way to work, you can put on a playlist that when you reach to work, you're maybe a little bit more happier. It could possibly be that you're not already all hyped to go into work like ah yes we're gonna work today <laughs> yeah but it could also be that you at least come into work like ah it's gonna be an okay day it's it's it's, it's on the way up <laughs> so you mentioned in an article of yours and i i'll link to that in uh the show notes here because i was really impressed with it yeah uh, that music seems to influence how people see the emotions on other people's faces yeah so how does that work do you think <laughs> It's um, it has to also do with moods, of course. So um, let's say if you if you hear a really mellow, sad song, mm -hmm. then subconsciously your intake is mellow and sad. So then you can look at someone who has a let's say a neutral face, and you can interpret it as sad. But because you're already in that let's say sad mood, yeah, you quicker interpret people as sad than. If you're in a happy mood mm -hmm. and they have a let's a, let's call it a neutral face, then you'll be like, "Oh, no, that person is happy." But it's probably more like you yourself are happy. So then you see happy stuff. Yeah, happy people. Yeah, I can see how that would be really useful in coaching too, because mindset is so important. You know how you see the rest of the world around you is so important. Yeah, exactly. So then, um, for ex for example, like I said in the article, everywhere that I go, and definitely if I'm commuting. I always have my headphones on me. <laughs> yes. And that's one is because I love music. Yeah. But I also realize from uh, the the effect it has, the power it has. So if you if you're already listening to let's say upbeat music, you're more likely to be upbeat, have energy, come into a room happy and with an energized. Yeah. And I can see how it would uh, it would definitely make other people think 
you know, that you're when you have a smile on your face, obviously, and you're listening to your music, then <laughs> makes other people feel more comfortable, too, I imagine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, it's uh, a smile is contagious. Yes, of course. You should you try it out if you're sitting, let's say, in the subway and you just smile at someone, mm -hmm. a genuine smile, then most likely they will smile back. Yeah. It's very true. And, you know, people can hear a smile in your voice, too. Yeah. So it's actually an audible thing as well. <laughs> yeah. It's, um, so when they, uh, for telemarketeers, they also get that as a, let's say, as a tip in training. So if you're, if you're, if you call someone and you call with a smile, mm -hmm. some way, somehow, the person on the other end feels the smile. It's, yeah. It's already, a totally different conversation. Yeah, it really comes through. Yeah. Um, so you also mentioned something called neuro-linguistic programming. Can you talk a little about that? I'm just curious. Yes. So um, it's, um, it's an international uh, study. It's, uh, what it focuses on is, um, is different aspects. So let's say the words you use, the language, how you speak, what it does with yourself, but also the person who you're speaking to. And there's a whole science behind of it. So when you're busy doing the, the course, mm -hmm. you learn all the science behind of it. So, for example, if someone says, oh, yeah, this is very difficult, they're already programming their mind that what they're doing is very difficult. So they're going to find it difficult. But if you say, ah, okay, it's, it's not as easy as I thought, it's almost the same as saying it's difficult, but your mind thinks on, oh, okay, easy. That's the word it remembers. <laughs> yeah. There's, oh, you get a, a lot, lots of lessons you get out of it. So, for example, how someone speaks, someone, there are people who feel, so they, they speak from feeling, I feel like, mm -hmm. or someone who sees, let's say they say, nah, I see it differently. And then you kind of get an, an idea of how their brain works. So that, that's very, very interesting stuff. So for anyone who hasn't heard of it, Mm -hmm. I would say at least um, take a look. There are many books on it and just grab one and have, have, a, have a read. So is that something that you mention in your own coaching? I apply it into my coaching. Mm -hmm. So the, uh, the, way, um, the way I speak to someone or how I can hear from how they themselves are speaking, let's say, kind of how they think. And that's handy for, for mirroring so that they, um, it's easier to get your conversation going. Yeah, that's really interesting. Do you have like a, a favorite example of someone that you've worked with? I mean, you don't need to <laughs> mention names or anything, <laughs> but, you know, where uh, what you were doing really helped someone. Uh, oh, that's, a, that's a good one. Um... <laughs> I'm just kind of trying to get into the idea of how um, how it works, you know, like how everything comes together. Yeah, then I would then I would go for uh, for students in uh, in school and classes mm -hmm. so um I, my, I build my workshop in a type of way that they focus on the things that they're good at and what they want to be good at okay so they have goals <laughs> yeah so to help them with their goals you know that and their goals or dreams and that they later come out with let's say let's call it a rap where they actually speak or rap it as it's as if they've already done it mm -hmm. and that's more so that's the more they do that the more they kind of program into their mind that they can do it and maybe are already there and so from there they they, they also get a boost you know they get they get a boost they get their own confidence because mm -hmm. the more you repeat it to yourself the more you affirm it to yourself 
the more you're going to believe it. Yeah. And yeah, we we all know how the world works. There are people who are positive around you who are always going to tell you, yeah, now go ahead and try it. But there are also a lot of people who think from, nah, that's not possible. Nah, you can't do that. Nah, maybe you should do something else. And, you know, it's important to know for yourself or to at least hear yourself talking to yourself like, I can do this. Because outside, there's enough negativity, enough people who see all kind of issues, problems, challenges, that, that they, they, they will help you on that end. So it's handy to help yourself on the positive end. Yeah. And I guess what you say to yourself is, you know, your mindset is it colors a lot of what you do. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and let, let's, let's be honest. Most of us are not really nice to ourselves. Very true. Yes. <laughs> we're the worst just to ourselves. <laughs> exactly. We're, the, we're our own worst critics. Yeah. It's, it's hard to get past that sometimes. So I imagine a lot of people find your, your teaching very useful for helping with that. Yeah. You, are, you also do something with sound. I try. <laughs> <laughs> Let's say if, if you would um, compare what I do and what you do with sound, how much similarities have you noticed or can think on? <laughs> That's an interesting question. Nice to turn it around. Um, <laughs> uh, I, you know what? I, I do think there's a lot of similarities. I don't make hip hop music, but I do sing. Mm -hmm. So music is and has always been a part of my language. Knowing how to use your voice to make it encouraging or to get across a message of hope or um, like, for instance, when I'm doing a job for uh, something to do with healthcare that might seem like it's really down and low and sad, what they really want you to do is be hopeful. Because even though people are going through difficult things, they want you to show that what they're doing can help you get past it. Yeah. So the, the voiceover, for instance, doesn't need to be all sad and down and upset. You want the voiceover to actually uh, broadcast, you know, hope. Um, and and be sort of uplifting. It doesn't have to be happy. <laughs> yeah, because then then that doesn't match. Then it's no. not going to match the mood. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't match. Um, but yeah, the um, the tone of the voice has a lot to do with whether you connect and the type of thing that you're doing indicates what type of voice you should be using. So knowing how they connect is, is a really interesting study and, and something that I think people take lifetimes to learn. <laughs> I, could, I could imagine for that. I mean, it's the same thing when, uh, when using music itself. I mean, music mm -hmm. is already a, a lifetime study where you look at, let's say, the, the amount of beats per minute. You can say, okay, that the beats per minute have this type of effect on the energy. That's beats per minute and more beats per minute. And then you still have to get into the instruments. What kind of instrument are you going to use? Mm -hmm. what, what, what does the instrument convey? Yeah, the sound is very important. And, yeah. you know, I, I guess, is it, I mean, I'm curious as to your experience with this. Is it always that if the music is faster, it's happier? Or can it just get more frenetic? <laughs> oh, that's a good question. <laughs> hmm, it doesn't per se have to get, happier mm -hmm. as and now i'm going through my my mental discography mm -hmm. and because i listen to like a, a lot of different music types mm -hmm. 
So from, from classical to rock, and then... I guess the faster would be more energetic, but, I, it, you know... It, it, but it could also increase the suspense. Yes. You know, for, for example, in a, in, in a movie, maybe it starts off slow, and then, you know, the, the pace picks up, mm-hmm. and then the suspense also picks up. So it's, you, you can do a, a lot of stuff with it. Yeah. So not only the, the, the pace, but the sound around the pace. Mm-hmm. is also very, let's say, determining to how you interpret it. Yeah, and different music in a different film setting can totally change the the way that the scene feels. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think, I'm not sure, but I think they all, it's probably somewhere on YouTube that they have examples of this, where they would just change the sound, the background music, and then you would realize how different the scene feels. This has been part one of our interview. I hope you'll tune in next week for part two. Well, that's the end of this episode. Thanks for listening. And if you like what you heard, please take a moment to give the podcast a review. It's greatly appreciated and super helpful. Until next time.